Welcome to Conquering Our Unseen Enemies. In this podcast, we help believers develop spiritual discernment. I am your host, Don Simmons, author, speaker, and YouTube host of Life Journey with Don Simmons. My purpose here is to explain Satan's strategies and how his kingdom functions to better equip you in reducing conflict, chaos, and ultimately eliminate Satan's influence in your life. These are life-changing conversations. We'll get started with this week's message in just a few moments. But first I want to ask you, would you like to know more about biblical history or historic and biblical places? Visit my YouTube channel, Life Journey with Don Simmons, to watch and learn about travels in historic areas discussed in the Bible. Come with us as we explore ancient places and share cultural background and influences on early Christianity. We will take you places where Paul wrote and shared the gospel. That's Life Journey with Don Simmons on YouTube. Welcome back. I am your host, Don Simmons, and in this episode of Conquering Our Unseen Enemies, we are going to be discussing disbelief and disillusionment. We're going to talk about where it is rooted. Unlike other episodes, we aren't going to be talking about how Satan is the root of disbelief and disillusionment, but rather how these are created through man-made ideas and misconceptions. I say periodically throughout this podcast that not all bad things that happen are Satan and his demons at work against us. Many times it is, and we want to be knowledgeable and educated on how Satan operates so we can conquer him and his tactics are no longer effective. But today we need to address something that has permeated Christianity and not only affects us in our daily lives, but can limit you in your relationship with the Lord going forward. Let's first start off addressing disbelief and disillusionment. There are multiple ways we let these two states of being take over our life and our circumstances, and we need to uproot some misconceptions and uproot the lies that allow these two to operate. First off, I want you to think about a time when you made a judgment call and you were just flat out wrong, or someone made a judgment call about you that was just flat out wrong. Think of something. Got one? Okay, I will tell you mine for this week. Friday, I was called a heretic. Now, not just a regular old heretic. There was some pretty harsh name-calling that went along with this from a Christian man because I believe in the spiritual gifts. Now, these are the spiritual gifts that Paul lists in 1 Corinthians 12. Now, I know this guy is completely wrong, and one day he will have to answer for his words. I don't care about him. 
What I do care about is the effect his words had on the man who originally asked the question I was answering. The ripple effect of the ignorant man can have a lasting effect. It can shape the mind of others who are on the fence. The ignorant man was relentless in going after anyone who had beliefs that were different than his and became very ugly about it. It's as if he was throwing a tantrum to get people to listen to him and not think for themselves. Only his words mattered. He was creating an atmosphere for disbelief in the spiritual gifts of the Bible. Now let's talk about a time when something just wasn't going your way and you were really struggling. Have one. I'm going to share an example of a man who is currently blaming God for bad things happening in his life. This is a man who says he was healthy and lived a healthy lifestyle. I have no way to deny or confirm this. He is a middle-aged man, and he had a heart attack and a stroke, apparently at the same time. I say apparently because this is what he's telling me. Again, I don't know. As a result, he's lost his job, his girlfriend, his confidence, and he's unable to spend time in the gym the way he used to, and now he's become depressed. He is convinced that God did this to him. And instead of just taking him from the heart attack and stroke, that God instead kept him alive for the purpose of torturing him. Thinking of those two situations, they both have one thing in common. They both involve someone who is putting themselves at the center of the situation. The first one involves how disbelief is perpetuated by someone who will not allow people to believe what the Bible says if it disagrees with what he thinks the Bible says. He attacks and tries to force himself to convince others. When this, the, 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 the impact that he's having on others who are learning and trying to understand is immense and it can affect their walk with the Lord. And I certainly would not want to have to stand before the Lord and explain myself when my time comes. Now, the second situation involves a man who's de delusioned, disillusioned. Well, he is delusioned too, but he's disillusioned into thinking that God would do something evil that way, which is blasphemy and a lie. Now, blaming God is very common. I'm sure you hear it all the time as well. And it's also a very man-made idea. It's not always Satan that's behind this. Now, Satan will be more than happy to exploit that and take advantage of it. But by and large, when we carry disbelief and disillusionment in our lives, we create it in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions. But the question is, why? No one is happy in disbelief or functioning in disillusionment. So why do we do it? 
Why do we fight God in this way? And the answer is pretty straightforward. It stems from disobedience and ego. Now, this goes back to some of the points we made in our Blessings and Curses series and which are discussed in Deuteronomy 28. But we need to talk about how we direct this in our lives. We have to be willing to self-identify when we're growing in disbelief and disillusionment and building problems against ourselves. No one truly knows no one who truly knows Jesus would ever say that God spared them their life just to torture them. You cannot read the Bible and come to that conclusion. It's illogical. It's unbiblical and a complete and utter lie. So if you aren't reading the Bible, you can't know who God is or how he works. If we don't know who God is, then how can we understand anything about how he wants to work in our lives? If we can't understand anything about how you know what he wants to do in our lives, then we clearly don't have a relationship with him because he will spend time guiding you and explaining to you his best in your life. So those who are disillusioned and want to blame God, do not acknowledge that they are actually looking for ways, for resolutions, and for answers outside of the Word. When we function in disbelief and disillusionment because we're unwilling to seek the Lord, then we've created our own downfall. When we are in disbelief and disillusionment, we're also housing distrust. There's a selfishness we're carrying, a discontent and an indifference to seeking God, truly seeking him through prayer and his word. We want to do things our own way and not allow God to correct us and direct us to make better choices or provide understanding to foster better decisions. We don't want to be disciplined. We don't want anyone calling out our dirty laundry. We aren't willing to discipline ourselves to change. Let's look at how Jesus handled a woman who had dirty laundry. And when he called her on it, she reacted. In John 4, Jesus meets a Samaritan woman. Now, Jews and Samaritans at this time, they did not mingle. There was a mistrust and a hatred for each other. Samaritans were a culture that originated out of the Israelites, the northern kingdom. Now, each of these groups believes themselves to be members of the true religion of ancient Israel, and that the other has been diluted or even contaminated might be a better description to get an idea of how they saw each other. So Jesus meets this woman. She was getting water from the well, because that was a typical responsibility of the woman of the day. And he asks for water and he tells her he is the living water. And then he also tells her about her own life and essentially airs her dirty laundry right there. 
how she reacts to that, her reaction is not one that we see today in our culture. Her ego did not get in the way. And, you know, for us, we we just don't react when someone calls us on something. But she did not allow disbelief to enter her heart. And she was certainly not disillusioned by what he has said or done anywhere else as he traveled because she didn't even know who he was. Now, Jesus was able to move in her heart and guide her to change her life. And her response was to run and tell the rest of the village what just happened so they could come and 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 meet and talk to him and get their lives changed too. So she focused on him, not her. And she acted in faith by running to get the others so they too could benefit from hearing what he had to say. So why are we talking about this? Well, I'm going to ask you to do something this week. I've never really given, never given homework. People don't like homework, but this is really important. And, and that's why we're, we're doing something different this week. And, and I want you to sit down and take an inventory. Now, this is just between you and the Lord. So be open, take an inventory of areas in your life where you have exhibited great belief areas where you've excelled in faith and write, write down the details of those situations. Then I want you to take an inventory of areas in your relationship with the Lord where you have exhibited disbelief and disillusionment. Include times when you felt he wasn't answering your prayers, turned his back on you, or didn't, you didn't get the outcome you thought you should have received. So again, this is just between you and him, so be honest. Now, after you have both of these lists completed, we're going to go back and evaluate these lists. What can you count as favor and blessings you have received because of your belief and faith? What did you do to foster that belief and faith? What actions did you take? Now look at the disbelief list and list what you did to foster disbelief. What actions did you take? What thoughts did you allow? Did you talk to someone who helped build your faith or build your disbelief? Now compare these two lists and look at the differences. What I have seen in working with people over the years is that When they hit a period of disbelief, they quit seeking and building their relationship with the Lord. It usually happens before that disbelief sets in. And instead, they direct their frustrations at God. And that's where those disbeliefs will grow. By doing that, you're you're watering that. Many times, the feelings associated with disbeliefs will grow abundantly faster than how we feel when we're operating in faith and belief that God is truly working on our behalf. So when we allow those seeds of disbelief, they function like like weeds. And we have to take time periodically to do an inventory like this and weed out that kind of 
the disbelief and disillusionment, those, those negative things that will only create problems for us. So we have the ability, the greatest ability to be our own unseen enemy. And as much as we need to conquer Satan, we need to conquer the pieces of ourselves that allow disobedience, disbelief, disillusionment, indifference, distrust, selfishness, all of these things to grow. Go read John 4 and ask yourself, are you going to be like the Samaritan woman or are you going to just get your water and go home? I hope this has been helpful to you. If you know anyone who would benefit from this podcast, please share. I have looked forward to our time this week. Don't forget to do your lists and then act on them and evict any disbelief and disillusionment you have allowed to enter your life that is contrary to God's word. Have a wonderful week and I look forward to seeing you next week. That is all we have for this week's episode of Conquering Our Unseen Enemies. I hope you enjoyed your time with me, and I would kindly ask you to rate our show and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Conquering Our Unseen Enemies. Now, if you have a story or a question you want to share, please email me at contact at conquering our unseen enemies.com. We do not need to use your name. And finally, please share this podcast with anyone you think might need it and enjoy it. So until next time, remember, the enemy came to steal, kill, and destroy. But we can give him an eviction notice. <laughs>